0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, this is Stuart Roberts, founder of Haircuts for Homeless, and welcome to the Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm going to be talking to people who are truly inspirational to me, some you may have heard of, and some you haven't but you really need to hear their story. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. Uh, I've got a lady from Down Under today. She's uh, uh, Sheridan Rose Shaw. She's got a business called Mama West, and uh, she's a wonderful part of the uh, hairdressing fame team in Australia. Uh, I've got a mustn't, so I do, do apologise. I can't resist the temptation to try to do the accent. Just, just shut <laughs> me down. Uh, so, Sheridan, how are you?
1: I'm good. I, if that was like a, an Australian accent, I'm not sure how well you did there, Stuart, but um, I'll cover for you. Thank
0: you. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, like, it, as soon as I hear someone Australian, I, I start hearing it in my voice, but, yeah, it doesn't come out properly, so I won't even do it. Don't worry. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've been told I've been already speaking in a London accent, so it's crazy how quickly you can start yeah. to... Mold to your surroundings.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, what part, where was, where were you brought up? What part of Australia was you born?
1: Yes, yeah, so I was born in Perth, Australia. My dad actually is from Manchester and was born there, and uh-huh. my nana has the thickest Manchester accent you ever did hear. Really? So, yeah, yeah. She's she, but she lives in Perth, and Dad has somehow um, lost his English accent. I think it was bullied in school, so it was quick uh-huh. to mold to his surroundings.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So what, what was here.
0: it like? What was, yeah, what was Piper's like then growing up?
1: Uh, look, my parents were goths. They were in the goth scene. So they were very individual. Uh, they were, yeah, in the nightclub goth scene too. So there was a lot of partying on their behalf. And um, I, yeah, probably wasn't very seen or heard when they were busy. Um, they're both alcoholics as well. So that really? naturally. Had some kind of, um, I think, impact on me at that age, right. uh, but they took their individuality to Melbourne. And when we were, when I was in grade four, and so I'm a Melbourne girl at heart, although I was born and bred in Perth.
0: Right, right. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? So, did you? How did that feel then? Have, have you? Did you? Feel, you just said you felt a bit unseen.
1: Yeah, I definitely felt unseen and unheard and I think the trajectory of growing up, um, it kind of got a lot worse uh, when my parents split up when I was 12. Right. Uh, they, I think we instantly in um defense mode and dad was kind of just looking after himself mum was looking after herself and I was kind of in the middle of that so it was definitely uh felt seen uh unseen um rejected abandoned uh because dad right. was like full flight workaholism and kind of never home and I was I chose to live with him at that age so yeah it felt really really lonely
0: right Wow, well, that's tough are you, are you um so, what what got you into hairdressing? What, what what drew you to hairdressing?
1: Well, it's a funny story, actually. Like, I just fell into hairdressing because I hated school. I was a year nine dropout. I had actually done my makeup diploma first before my hairdressing apprenticeship, and by the time I got to the end of my makeup diploma, I was fourteen, fully qualified makeup artist, and I'm like, well, no. Really? One- going to respect me at that age. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I'll kill some time. I'll do a hairdressing apprenticeship until I get to the end of that. And then finally I'll be 18 and people will start to respect me. I think I was looking for respect. Um, cause I, I didn't really know what that was. So fell into hairdressing I was raised in premium salon backgrounds. I did my apprenticeship under a couple of different salons, but Frank Bergamister, who was an infamous hairdresser in the 80s in, in Melbourne, uh, and, and, yeah, that was, like, it was really important for me to find that outlet because I, yeah, I was looking for some place to, some kind of structure, I think, in my life, and hairdressing was definitely that for me, so...
0: Really interesting, isn't it? Because you've you've yeah, you've obviously that's the thing, and you've lacked, you've lacked structure um and boundaries, probably a bit. And
1: yeah. you've
0: got like uh so you found this that you found that in hairdressing training, so that yeah. which is very structured and you have to have and you have to have you've got boundaries to stick to. Um but that that thing you said respect three or four times there, so it's that I wonder where that come from, that that mm. searching for respect.
1: Wow! I didn't even realize that. Yeah, respect is something that I think is super yeah important to me it's like you 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 know when you feel respected i think um and seen i think yeah i mean have a look at me i still love to feel seen and heard and acknowledged because that's something i just didn't get growing up and i spend a lot of time now self-soothing and seeing myself and hearing myself and my own needs but it's taken a really long time to get there
0: and a lot of work
1: yes a bucket load of work (laughs)
0: Well, we, we, you know, we met the other night and we've only know, known each other a few days, but you, you really, you, you, we had an instant connection. I found you ever so interesting. Uh, we met at the L'Oreal um, opening of the new wonderful building. I mean, the building's incredible, isn't it? You know, Beautiful. what a lovely, creative, open space that they've, you can see it's been designed from scratch for a purpose. Yeah, that was wonderful. And then I was at the, um, I think i've been, been around, the, around the world this week but i was around, i was in the ergo launch for the, the ergo brushes and then you was there weren't you and you was like little across the room type thing we did and I, yes. think, I didn't quite know whether i'd spoken to you the other night or we hadn't whatever but we connected and then we had a chat and it was it was so spookily coincidental crazy there was a lot of stuff there, weren't there? And uh, so you don't mind me saying you're, you're in recovery,
1: I am, and
0: uh, as am I. Uh, for what I was quite shocked at because you do look quite young for your age, you look yes. younger, but then you said to me, I've oh, been in recovery for 11 years.
1: 11 years, I've been clean and sober,
0: yeah. And I thought, well, she must have been 10 when she was. <laughs> 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 on the side or at 10 or something but yeah you know like so that's so you was 20 then
1: I was 20, and I think I've always identified as an adult child. And I think when you become a hairdresser, you have to connect with adults instantly. And I'm a 14 year old having more conversations with adults than I am people my own age. So you just learn to adapt, um, you learn to pretend, um, you learn to connect in any way that you can in hairdressing because, you again, you want to start building relationships and be seen as an apprentice to then get to start building that relationship with the clients. So yeah, I think I um I I started really young. Like I started mm. drinking and blackout drinking at 13 years old and from my first drink I was a blackout drunk. I was just looking for any type of escapism from the loneliness that I felt on the inside. So it was yeah, a really quick um failure, I guess, or, or succession because, you know, over that next, you know, seven years, it was like, yeah, gutter, drinking, uh, using drugs that I'd never thought that I'd use because that's our industry as well. Like our industry is riddled with alcoholism and addiction okay. and it's quite celebrated to be using drugs and alcohol and partying under age and doing all of those things. But that is exactly what I wanted. That was the lifestyle I was looking for because I just wanted to to have fun, you know. I didn't have a lot of fun growing up and I still really struggle with the what is fun? Like what does that mean? And I'm still learning as a 30-year-old, you know, adult now, like what does what is fun to me and what does that look like?
0: I really relate to that because uh, when I got sober I was, uh, you, you take you a few years to find yourself, doesn't it, because you've oh. just had all these marks and you're the complete actor and you're a comedian. You you adapt to different things, but you don't and, then all of a sudden you're left with you, and it's mm. very broad. And I think that's why people struggle for the first few years. Is like that's where it's tempting to just slip back out there because yeah. it's it's a scary place to be faced with the, the real you, and and, and then and it is what 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 am I? What do I like? What do I? What do I believe in? What you know, what are my what are my standards? And because yeah. you've lost them all, to be honest, you lose complete identity in yourself
1: yeah and and self esteem as well because of the things that you end up doing and you're using and you're drinking that you feel so much shame over, but also a serious level of powerlessness because you you don't you're not choosing to behave like this it's just how you've always been, or you know my dad was like a pathological liar, so it was easy for me to role model that type of behaviour and I lied about my age, my nationality, um, anything and everything. I'd make up stories to just have something meaningful to say or to, to feel heard or, or seen. So it's just like it's taken me a really long time to stop lying about who I really am. And I think the funny thing is like, I'm 11 years in now and I'm more real and more Sheridan and more authentic and more vulnerable than I've ever been. And the more of that, that I am, the more I am seeing, the more I am acknowledged, the more success I have in my life. Like my life has just blown up in the last couple of years. Cause like you said, it takes years to really start to peel away the old beliefs, the old way of thinking um, and learning, yeah, who am I? How do I be just that? And then, you know, you get more and more encouraged to do all of those things once you get the, you know, the milestones of um, success.
0: It, and it, I, I was try and say this without being condescending, um, but it, I can imagine it often sounds it a bit, is that but such, such wisdom and knowledge at a young age I mean, you, I can say it because I'm double your age, so yes. I'm entitled to say it. But you know, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I didn't even, I didn't even step into the room. since I was forty-four. Yes. You know, and I, I, you know, the, the thought that you went in there and and, and, and at twenty.
1: At twenty. You know,
0: and, and she doesn't mind me saying, my, my youngest daughter went in in recovery at twenty-three.
1: Amazing. And
0: if you can do it. You know, she's just coming up for a year now. I'm so proud of her.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um that's the thing. I mean, I'd rather not I'd rather she hadn't inherited my ways, but I'm glad she's inherited the recovery. Yes. The bravery. Because it's a brave thing we do.
1: Yeah.
0: Because the biggest thing is that 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 people, human beings in this day and age, hate change. Yeah. And it's it's it, it's almost like a rebirth. You have to completely change everything about yourself, and that's scary for a lot of people. I know it was for me.
1: Yeah. And not just once as well. It's like, there's so many rebirths in recovery and I'm currently going through one right now. And I'll probably get a little bit, um, emotional about it because I'm, I'm in the midst of one at the moment. And, um, you know, like I think throughout my career, I've had such low self-esteem and self-worth, and that has literally oozed over my career and my skill set, And I've never felt good enough, but you know, I'm on the Australian fame team at the moment. I have a very successful salon. Um, We've been in business for almost three years. We just won Victorian Salon of the Year. We won Australian Newcomer Salon of the Year. Getting into fame team alone and going head-to-head against 15 of the best hairdressers in the world and being seen Um, being heard and being accepted into such an amazing program is like all of these experiences of putting myself out there and being brave, being courageous. It's like, oh my fucking God, I am good enough. I have something really unique and something special and an obsession, just like I did with drugs. Like I put all of that energy into hairdressing now. And because of that, I am so different to most people. Like what I do... And the energy that I have within me, that addictive energy, it's actually a gift because if I want something, I'm going to fucking get it. Yeah. And I ain't going to stop yeah. until I get it, just the way that I kind of did with like a bag of drugs. It's like, so, you know, it's just this amazing transformation kind of experience that I'm going through where I'm also expanding my business from 140 square metre space to 136 square metre space and turning it into a wellness space with a yoga studio and beauty and and hair and going from a 12-chair salon to an 18-chair salon because I had this experience of not just faith, but trust in myself, the action that I'm going to put into my life, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Cause I have like this, yeah, this sense of safety and security within, because no matter what I've stopped looking for people to look after me, like I'm now responsible for my life and I'm going to do live a life worth living clean, you know, cause it's like, we've got to have purpose and passion. Otherwise it will be really quick to get back out the back door and be drinking and using, because that's just what we do when we get bored, you know? <laughs>
0: I've got so there was so many things. I was, it was ping, 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 because there was like, first one was she's one of my lot because she didn't say a little <laughs> packet of drugs, she said a bag of drugs. So she, she's <laughs> one of my lot, yeah bag of drugs. And uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and what I loved as well, you said um, about you, you stopped, Waiting for people to look after you, you starting to look after yourself and take responsibility, mm-hmm. yeah that's a massive leap, you know, and then also the fact of you did mention that, about faith and trust, yes. and I think these two things get mixed up quite a lot mm-hmm. you know faith faith and trust is like yeah i've i you know I said it to someone recently, yeah, I've got faith in what you're doing, but I don't trust you yet.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'll trust you when I, when you, you prove to me that you are capable of doing what you're going to do. This is the thing, isn't it, is mm. that, you know, it doesn't mean I haven't got faith. Yes. You know, like I have faith if I work with, when I work with homeless people, I have lots of faith in people because I really want them to do well. Yeah. I don't trust they're going to do well until I see it, you know, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, uh, a friend of mine has got it tattooed on him, and uh, it's one of my favourite sayings: "Is uh, love all, trust few, harm
1: none."
0: Mm. I, I love that, and people start saying, "Well, you should not really be trusting." I go, "No, no, you don't. This is what you shouldn't be because yeah. you're going to love all. Love all means including you. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be able, to, you know, to love yourself and protect yourself. You have to be careful who you trust.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: but harm none." You know, it, uh, you can go for it as long as you don't harm anyone and it's it's not going to happen. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: you, you can prevent it as much as possible. Yeah. And if you do do it, then you've got to then try and make it right.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real humility in oh, I still harm people. You know, I have a business, I have a team, I make mistakes, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. But the one gift that I have in my life is I can go back to whoever it is that I might have harmed in the process of my learnings because I'm still learning and make amends, you know, and make it right, like you said, just mm. do whatever and acknowledge my wrongdoing. And I think most people, and as a leader, I think it's really important to show people that we can, we can do that because that's what makes things safe. Mm.
0: Yeah, I love the opportunity to do that. Um, it doesn't always come and it's not always appropriate um, if it's possible, it's always it, 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 forgiveness is a great thing, it heals both parties.
1: Mm.
0: That's what people forget. Something like that, people think forgiveness is giving in.
1: If
0: mm. I don't forgive I'll give in, you know, like I'm letting them win, or I'm giving in. No, it's this the best thing you do for yourself, you know. Um, what out? Wow. <laughs>
1: to know each
0: other, aren't We've we? We've gone deep. We've gone in deep. Um, you know. It, We're this... not here
1: to fuck spiders, as we say in Australia.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, it, the, 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 the crazy thing is that you can even have any doubt. Those lists of achievements you've said and, and plans to achieve even more, how could anyone with all of that have any doubt? But then that's the thing, isn't it? You can say all of that. And it's, don't matter how much evidence is laid out in front of you, you're still going to doubt it.
1: Well, you know, it's really interesting because I've been on Fame Team now and Fame Team, the whole process is being mentored by some of the best hairdressers in the world, right? So you get to hear their stories and it's it's all the same. Like I, I asked, we asked Jordan Robertson, we had a mentor session with him on Friday, and he's Guido's, you know, in Guido's payroll. So top 10 payroll, like living out his best life. And I asked him, like, have you got a confidence? And he's like, no. And I was like, does Guido have a confidence? And he's like, no, he doesn't. Like he's still striving. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like that's you know, I think, and that's the thing about our trade, it's like we can always strive and because it is so creative, there's so many boundaries to break and push and to create something unique and different and something that hasn't been done before. How do you find confidence in when you're always striving? Like it's a it's a really funny thing that I'm like wondering, is it even achievable?
0: Probably not. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so where's the search you know it's like this search I'm still such a seeker I'm always looking to be better or to grow or to evolve or transform or be find the next layer of creativity and I'm so grateful to have hairdressing because like hairdressing has been the thing for me that um I believe has really kept me clean you know like it's been the thing that I've been able to really like yeah just break break through so many different layers of myself. And um I'm actually a bit scared about what is gonna happen over the next few years because like I'm just learning that I'm limitless, you know, and the things that I've done are fucking batshit crazy. And it's just like I'm 31 years old. Can you just imagine the next 30 years ahead of me? Like it's it's really terrifying of my power. Like the power within me is like I'm more scared of that than I am of anything else in the world. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty wild to be on this journey of, like, coming to the other side of something but also feeling like it's just the beginning of something again.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've summed it up, and I think people are often surprised that the the fear of failure isn't as strong as the fear of success.
1: Oh, it's so scary. (laughs) Yeah, and I remember, like. Even when I first started getting these accolades in my business and even revenue accolades, like every Friday I'd be at you know a meeting bawling my eyes out because I just couldn't cope with the success like I had to hold that for a really long time, and now it's like every layer of success, like even like yesterday I was. The Fame team left and went back to Australia. I've extended my trip. You know, I've got a son back in Australia. My partner actually encouraged me to extend my trip. And I'm sitting at the, the train station in the tube bawling my eyes out because I'm just like I'm in London on my own because that's something I've run away from for a really long time and here I am spending an extra couple of days on my own and just like crying at every moment because I'm just like I'm in London like on my own this is just crazy wow. to be here so yeah it's wild 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 wild.
0: <laughs> that, we've got another coincidence now because um, <laughs> time when around is very rare you know, and it's surprising how many people very rarely are completely on their own. Yes. And if they're in relationships and stuff, you know, like they're just they're always with people and with someone and, you know, and I did it a, a few years ago. Must be quite, it must be about seven years ago. I was about 10 years sober and uh, I've been, to, I've been to Thailand for a couple of times with a friend of mine who was kind enough to give me, he took me. So he had companion tickets, He's a businessman, he had lots of, Points and whatever they are, and it took me out there. And he he liked to be up all night and asleep all day. And I sort of, if someone takes you on a trip, you sort of have to go into their schedule. Mm. You feel obliged to it, you know, within reason. Within reason, but and it was okay. It was good. And uh, I thought I've got to come back to this place on my on my own and see it in the right. You know, I want to see. It. I want to be up early in the morning. I'm seeing the thing. I want to go to bed at night. You know, all that stuff. And uh, so I thought. I booked a trip to Koh Samui in Thailand, and then for a week. And then I was flying to um, Bangkok and meet my son and my son-in-law for a week in, in mainland Thailand. And I, I got there, and I, and I arrived. I I'm just going to chill for a week and get my faults and and with I as almost as soon as I landed, I was hit with the biggest fear wow. I've had in a decade, like 10 years of, I, by then I was cockily sober, you know, I was arrogantly sober, <laughs> you know and yeah, I was, all, and I've been away like, with me, mate and, you know who won't grass you up and all that stuff you know, but all of a sudden I thought, no one's going to know if I drink mm. there's no one to grass me up like, and the, I, the panic that when you think you've got it, whenever you think you've got it sussed, sobriety, it'll pinch you again. Because I was like, my God, I don't know. like, And it took me a good 24 hours to settle myself down. A lot of using a lot of the tools we've got, you know, and settling myself and, you know, and and once I sort of got past that horrible part, I then spent the rest of the week like being on my own. Mm. I, I was like, it's such a unique thing. I'd, you know, I, I'd had so long. um, You know, I was over 50 by then. You know, I'm 61 now, so I was in my early 50s and I was like, wow, I, I woke up when I was awake. <laughs> yeah. I, if I was hungry, I went to sleep if I was tired. You know, it was really, and, and talk about freeing. I learned more about myself in that one week, you know, and it's the an exceptional thing, isn't it? You know, I, I, kind
1: of,
0: yeah. I don't know how you are in your two days on your phone.
1: <laughs> uh, well, it's like, you know, I spoke earlier in the beginning of this podcast this feeling on my own of loneliness. Like when I was neglected and abandoned growing up as a child, I was on my own. So that when I'm on my own, it's like all of those feelings of loneliness start to arise and I've got to process them. I've got to feel them to heal them. And You know, like I was, yeah, severely neglected as a little girl and my dad, you know, wouldn't even buy food and I'd have to start stealing money from his coin jar to go to the shops for dinner and then when I did ask for my basic needs to be met, I got turned with a choice of do you want food or do you want the internet and internet at that time was like my only source of connection so it's like I of course I'm going to choose internet over food so it's like you know when I'm on my own and I'm in London on my own and when fame team was leaving you know and I'm now on my own it's like like all of those like old fears start to come up but what's really beautiful and powerful is having the faith and the trust of even extending the trip and knowing that I'm gonna be okay. Um, and or, yeah, it's it is it's like kind of like I could have gone back home, I could have with my team, I could have stayed in my comfort zone, but now I get this other layer of knowing that I'm gonna be okay no matter what, and I'm gonna look after myself again. So yeah. oh, it's
0: wonderful, isn't it? Mm. It's good for me as well, because you meant you could do the podcast at so a reasonable time <laughs> of <to> day. <play. laughs> I've done an Australian one before and it's like yeah you're either doing it 11 o'clock at night or six o'clock in the morning
1: (laughs) it's hard it's really hard and I get to grow the relationships that I've met with some of the people that I have been on uh, and met along the journey so it's yes but none of this would have happened if I didn't trust my instinct of extension and you know London I feel really like I'm meant to be here. I feel like I've always meant to be on this side of town. And even like, could I get really emotional again? I'm so sorry, but. That's fine. I- every look looking at every building like you guys are probably used to it but it's like every building is beautiful and it has heritage and meaning and history and it's like the energy of the buildings are kind of like pulling me in and I'm like feeling so emotional and so inspired and so like something's happening internally and and I think that and I'm also realizing traveling across to the other side of the world is that I am such a small part of this universe and I think I'm fucking Jesus Christ, sometimes you know,
0: <laughs> <Messiah>. <laughs> got the God complex. Yeah, <laughs> he's not the Messiah, he's just a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: like i'm like i'm back to gundy now over here i'm Gundy now i'm gundy you know i'm back to Sheridan, just like humble little sheridan trying to just you know be a small part of this massive world that that we live in and yeah
0: Uh, us londoners we don't appreciate london but we do sometimes because even then i think last week i was up there with my wife and you know we was walking through we was going to the theater and i said "It's, it's Great in London. It's just got that buzz and that atmosphere. I and mean, so you, you do sometimes. But we often walk down the street and no one looks up.
1: Yeah. The
0: tops of the buildings, we're all missing this wonderful architecture. And,
1: yeah. You
0: know, and, and we've got heritage and, you know, it's, it's amazing.
1: It's it's bloody beautiful. Like I accidentally found myself in Hyde Park coming up from the train station and I was just like, What? the fuck like it's just this huge greenery that just keeps going on and on and on and I'm just like so it's the little things you know sometimes when you're in your routine of life and back at home with all your stresses of the business and the family and blah 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 and you go on a little break and I resist these breaks more than anything like I don't know like I said I don't know how to have fun so it's only when I'm on a working holiday that I'm able to maybe extend that trip so yeah, it's like we've got to do the things that we really don't—the the things that we resist. You know that everything's on the other side of those things that we resist.
0: Well, that's the thing, and it's—and you—you speak of gratitude there, and I think the other big thing that we had in common was was working with the homeless. Yes. And, you know, and you—you you obviously saw what I do and have done for a long time, and then you said you do that yourself uh, in in Perth.
1: Yes, in in Melbourne, but I am from Perth. I am from Perth.
0: Yeah, Melbourne.
1: Um, Yeah, I've actually found this one a bit tricky and I was talking to you about it on the other day because this is something that I've tried to do just to be of service, you know. I'm just looking for ways to give back. You know, I, I'm in, at back at home. I charge 150 dollars for a haircut with me, and to be able to give these people a haircut, they have no idea the value of that haircut. And I kind of like that exchange. Um, and I just go there. You know, sometimes we talk, sometimes we don't talk, and I and I just give back. I give back my skill set. And once I've, I've been homeless, so I know what that feels like as well. It's like going from couch to couch and just not knowing where you're going to be is a really weird space to be. So I am in a situation now where it's like I want to give back and I also want to keep talking about giving back because I want to inspire other hairdressers to do the same thing because I'm the only hairdresser that goes there you know and I can only make it once once a month and they were always asking me do you know of any other hairdressers do you know of any other hairdressers and it's one of the things that I was doing on a like a a quiet level because I didn't want to scream it from the rooftops but Mm. after talking with you it's like I actually think it's probably more important to start sharing about what I'm doing in my spare time because I feel so good the day that I do that you know and it's it's just—it's so good to get out of myself and gives give something back to the community and and be a part of that. And and it is—it's in my local area, Footscray. So, yeah, you meet you meet really good people doing that too. So,
0: yeah, you you know, like, and it's true what you say. you, you, you the, the, the theory is good of you know, and it's not the theory. The the, the feeling is good of. Of keeping it under the radar, not shouting about what you're doing, what's not shouting about. You know, I do really get it, and um, and that is the way it should be. But if you want to encourage other people to join you, you're going to have to let them know you're doing it. You know, totally. and that's that. that that's purely. As long as it comes from that air, that that place of like, look, please come and join me. Then it's not. You know, you're not doing a selfie. You're cutting someone's hair. It's not that you're, 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 you you know, you you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And the gratitude it gives you, as you say, we both we both struggle with mental health and, and stuff like that, and you, you cannot deny when you go in these places and you speak to people like this and you just come out feeling so fucking grateful for everything in your life. Mm,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a really good, meaningful reminder, especially yeah. of where, you know, I've come from. It's like, oh, my God, I was here once upon a time, you know, and I really struggled with some people that were in the queue that weren't necessarily um, homeless but, you know, were deemed like, uh, what's the word? I don't know. You know, it's like you could kind of see yeah. the people that could definitely get a haircut. And one woman said, oh, I just paid $90 for a haircut two weeks ago, but it just wasn't very good. And I'm just like, well, why are you in this line? But, yeah. you know, once upon a time I was on Centrelink, you know, and yeah. on the dole and doing all the things and doing the dodgies, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just, you know, life sometimes.
0: <laughs> she may have, it may have, her hair may be so important to her yeah. that she spent maybe uh, not a last $90, but... $90, maybe she couldn't afford really to spend, but she wanted a good haircut.
1: And it did sound like that. Yeah. So in the end, you know, I saw her another couple of weeks after that, and she was like, Yeah, I feel so much better about myself. And it's just, it's the power of good hair. Because our philosophy at Mama West, which is my business in Victoria, yeah. Melbourne, is life's too short for shit hair. And it's. <laughs> it's- it's, uh,
0: <laughs> what a great quote what a great what a great soundbite life's too short for
1: shit hair. <laughs> it's, it's true and we're going to start an education next year as well called life's too short for shit hairdressers because my god is there any you know so and that's what I love it's like people some people don't even come into the salon but they see on the door life's too short for shit hair and they have a little laugh and yeah. Don't yeah. we know it to be true? Like I've had a, ter- I've had terrible haircuts in my time yeah. as well, and yeah. um, and we know how that feels. So the power of a good haircut is, you know, a gift.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it's and the thing what you said about also that you charge, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars, and the lovely thing what with what we do when we do this is that no money does change hands. Yeah. So it goes back to what we aspire to be. Mm. It's pure hairdressing. It's purely, I'm giving you of me. Yeah, I'm going to make you look and feel better mm. about yourself. Um, and there's a real purity in that, uh, and I think that's where it's not. It's wrong in doing what we do in the, in in our main business. Mm. It's just a nice refreshing change. Yeah, and, and I I think it makes us appreciate. And what I do say to people is take what you – what that experience you get in doing the service we do, take it back in the salon. Yeah. But so appreciate that when you are – you know, you're changing people's daily life within your working environment. You're just maybe not picking up on it. You know, yeah. there's some people come in the salon and, and have, have got the world in their shoulders. And when we hold that magic mirror and show them the back and they're like, oh, yeah you've lifted them you know so Uh,
1: it's it's such a powerful job and I think one of the things that I love about being a hairdresser is it does get me out of my self-centered nature you know when my clients in the chair I'm not thinking about anything but them the second I walk away it's like it all floods back and I'm like what am I gonna have for dinner I gotta check my emails I gotta respond to that one I gotta do this blah, blah 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 but when I'm in that I'm like immersed in the client journey, like completely obsessed with hairdressing and giving and being like the best that I can be for whoever's in front of me. And, you know, I think if we, we, ca- we can't take that for granted because, oh. you know, it's such a powerful thing Hair, It's attached to your head. It's just as important as skin. So to have yeah. that understanding of what it is, and we're a premium salon as well. So people are, you know, choosing to come to us for a specialised service. So we can't. Take that for granted.
0: I had a wonderful thing, Louis, a good, really good friend of mine, Louis Byrne, who's a celebrity hairdresser, and he, you know, he does great stuff with him, empowerment and um, diversity. He's a real, a real hero to me. And he, he, I mean, at the moment, he's doing Paloma Faith's hair for her videos, and he's, you know, he's got this wonderful life. But he was next to me in Whitechapel Mission one day cutting a homeless guy's hair. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and he's, got and uh, he's done this boy's hair, and, he, and this boy, he, he you know, done a lovely job, looked great. And he got up I mean, cheers, mate. You saved me a tenner, <laughs> and I thought he saved you a lot more than that. Did <laughs>
1: you
0: yeah, you just don't know, you've just got a whatever haircut, you know, oh like my gosh. Haircut, you know, and, I uh, love that. That's, great, a,
1: that's amazing.
0: But to him, it saved him a tenner because that's what he would have to find to go yeah. and get his haircut, you know, yeah. It's a real leveler.
1: Oh man! If only he knew. If only yeah. he knew. Like this, and this is the thing: you don't want to boast, you don't want to brag, you just want to give. But if only they knew. Like I just yeah. lo- I get off a little bit on that. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, if only you knew. Like it's, it's funny because yeah.
0: I sort of give. I give. He said it, and then I sort of give Louis a little knowing look. You know. So <laughs> no, we, we just kept it between us, but we both found it. It, it was good. I've said oh, that many okay. times, it just really tickled me, that one. <laughs> so, you know, um, hopefully, uh, well, funny enough, one of my team leaders in Chelmsford, Rob Allen, lovely fella, he's moving to Australia. So he said, look, I want to try and take Air cups Romus with me.
1: Wow. So, you know, part of Australia?
0: I would have to have been listening to do that. It was a... To be all fair to Rob, it was it was day I think it was day three of Salon International. So oh. by then my mind was absolutely frazzled. I just was you know, i s- he told me he's going to Australia and I, you know, he looks really excited and I'm excited for him, but yeah. it was full up in there, so it didn't go in. But That's it's enough. a big place, so I won't even guess. But yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, like um it's gotta get out there. I mean, there's people out there doing it already. Uh, we've got a lot of experience in um, the pitfalls, and you know we've done a lot wrong, and we've learnt by them, and so we know how to do them right. So we're open to uh, anyone to you know pick our brains. In fact, I did get an email this year from some people who were doing it, and uh, I gave them some advice, and they you know it was a, a day they were doing, and they came back to me, and it was a great success. You know, so it was nice to be a tiny part of that. Yeah, such so. a well, mate. you know but uh, yeah i'd love to i'd love to you know, anything you need to advice on don't hesitate um and maybe we can help you to grow it bigger for yes. people involved you know
1: yeah definitely yeah, yeah.
0: well I, i've really i knew i was going to enjoy it you know for for two people have met twice remotely in a week uh We ain't done bad for a good chat, have we, really?
1: I say, I I always find it really interesting how we find each other. You know, like I, I had this other really profound experience where we, the UK fame team and the Australian fame team met for the first time ever in fame team history. Like we've never been able to collaborate and connect. And at this dinner... There's this young guy on the table and he's telling me he's on stand at Salon International and I was looking him up on Instagram and I accidentally clicked the photo next to his collection and it said, I'm three and a half years sober. And I was just like, I just said, Timmy, you're in recovery. And he's like, yeah, I'm three and a half years. And I'm just like what the hell like we just find each other like I think there's a real spirit about us because we are in the world trying to do good things and live like spiritual principles and you know be in touch with not just ourselves but our surroundings so it's it is profound how we just end up connecting with the right people and um one i guess bit of advice i would say to anyone that's listening is the theme that i've had across the week is if you have that eye-locking moment with someone you just got to go and talk to them because that's energy trying to connect you with someone and i really believe that's what happened with you and me because it was the l'oreal thing and then it was the next day thing where we were just meant to have a chat and we did and here we are so how great is that
0: yeah and that would have been a such an opportunity missed
1: oh my god can you imagine we wouldn't even be here like it's just yeah it's just just
0: be brave people just be brave you know what's the worst i can tell you to piss off you know It to ruin your life. It might ruin your evening. Won't ruin your life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Well, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, yeah, thank you so much. No, I don't say I don't have to say keep in touch because I know we will.
1: We will. Um,
0: uh, and I wish you all the well, all, all the best. You know. Oh,
1: thank
0: you. Maybe one day I'll get out there and see your beautiful new super salon. Yeah, 2024. <laughs> then, Mama
1: was twenty twenty four. Mama lost two
0: yeah, that's the one. And then, and maybe even join you in the, you on the front line now as well.
1: Yes, please, and thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah, lovely speaking to yeah. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening.